What's going on, everybody? Eric here with the Side Questing Podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful day, week, month, year, wherever in time and space you might be located, wherever you're listening to this podcast at. I hope you're doing just great. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and spending just a little bit of your valuable time every week with us. It really means the world to me, whether you listen to one minute, five minutes, how one minute, Jesus, the word vomit starts already. But the point is, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I really love interacting with all you guys. The Side Questing Podcast is, of course, a five star rated podcast on Apple Podcasts. Five star rating, guys. That's definitely more stars that's definitely a higher rating than the the gta trilogy remaster got oh boy starting off with spicy jokes already gta remaster trilogy currently sitting at a spicy spicy 0.5 rating Uh, I think that's over on Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes or whatever the the cumulative scoring site might be 0.5 my god that is terrible and, you know, they had to make a 0.5 because nothing can be scored as zero. Because if anything is scored as zero, it implies that it has no value and it does not. It, like zero is something that doesn't exist because it doesn't have quantity or definition. Unfortunately, the this trilogy exists, so we have to give it some kind of score. So let's just throw a 0.5 on there and not even give it one point. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. Should have just left the old games up there. Modders did a great job. That's besides the point. I don't know. I'm feeling a little bit ranty today. I guess it was left over from my Activision rant that I just recorded five minutes ago. Maybe you listened to it before coming to this episode. I have no idea. Whatever. I hope you guys are having a great time. We're going to talk about exciting things. Not sad things. Exciting things today. Of course, I am referring to the 20th anniversary of the Xbox and the surprise launch of Halo Infinite that happened on, I think it was Tuesday. Definitely was on Tuesday. I prep really good for these shows, if you don't notice. I just kind of make updates and throw them out here and hope they sound right. And hopefully nobody challenges me. I don't know. But last Tuesday was the official celebration of the 20th anniversary of the Xbox came out. This time in 2001. And it's, it's hard to believe it's been 20 years already. I remember I was only 10 years old. Yeah, 10 years old when the Xbox launched. And it launched two months after, you know, the terrorist attacks of 9-11. That's really crazy to kind of think about if you kind of put time in perspective. But at the time, the PlayStation 2 was out and it was just an absolute juggernaut of console uh, as it was in that area era. And the GameCube came out a little bit later. Uh, there is no question denying that the PlayStation 2 was the dominant console of that era but xbox was really important despite only selling 24 million units i think people don't appreciate that gaming wouldn't be what it is today without xbox with the fall of sega and sega's consoles it was really shaping up to be a two-man race between nintendo and sony and it's hard to kind of hard to believe or think about that if Xbox didn't really jump in the picture, all we'd really have is kind of whatever Nintendo's doing and whatever Sony's doing, and then and then PC gaming obviously would be PC gaming. And it's really hard to fathom too because we haven't really, at least in my lifetime, I wasn't around for the '80s, so I wasn't around for all of these console launches where like you know all these different Atari consoles are coming out and the Commodore and the Turbo Graphics and you know just everybody was able to make a console at that time because 
capitalism and business is the way it is, ultimately the market decided that, you know, only Nintendo, Sega, and Sony consoles along with PC were going to be primarily the way that video games were played. Everybody else kind of lost out on that competition just because that's the nature of competition. And then Sega, with its missteps, discontinues its console line. And now here we are with Nintendo and Sony. Nintendo with, obviously, Super Nintendo N64. And Sony coming out with its PlayStation 1, which was very successful. And then comes along Microsoft. Microsoft was concerned about getting left behind and the PlayStation 2 stealing people away from its PCs. So they decided to get into the console business, which is insane. To, to think about that today, that gaming wasn't what it was in 2001, like what it is today. It wasn't the multi-billion dollar industry. So if someone were to do this today, come out and announce a console, that would be insane. You would think you're nuts. You can't. There's so much that Sony, Nintendo, and Xbox have built up over the years. There's so much back infrastructure. The system you need in place to support a video game console is absolutely crazy developers studios network infrastructure you know storefronts relationships with developers there's so much that goes into that you can't just waltz up and be like yeah we're just gonna like launch a console now like it doesn't work that way there are other players getting into the video game industry amazon's launching luna google tried with their stadia there are people trying to get into it apple's had great success in the mobile market and that's really where you can kind of crack into the gaming industry is these moments of big technological upheaval, big technological change. That's what Xbox did. You know, the industry had shifted towards CD-based mediums that Nintendo, it took Nintendo a little while to catch up. And the internet was just starting to become a thing. It was, you know, just starting to come into its own in 2001. So these combination of factors combined with Microsoft's PC savvy allowed them to put together a console that was arguably the most powerful of that generation. And it did a lot of things first. It was the first console to integrate a hard drive and not have to have a memory card you carry around. And for younger audiences, if you don't remember that time, uh, for PlayStation and Nintendo, for the GameCube and the PS2, you used to have to carry around like a literal stick of memory that was bigger than a flash drive that held eight megabytes, 16 megabytes, I think were the two for the PS2. And that had all your save data on it. And you could you take that around to your friend's house and play your games or whatever. If you lost your memory card with all your save data on it, phew, boy, end of the world, end of the world. Your memory card was your life back then. It was, it's really funny to kind of think about, but the Xbox had an internal hard drive. All of your stuff could be saved internally because obviously Microsoft does PCs, that's what they do. So of course they're gonna put an internal hard drive. It was called the Xbox because it ran off of DirectX, the program that you know Microsoft used to talk to games essentially. And I know that's oversimplifying it. I know that that's probably not exactly what the thing is. A lot of people are doing a lot of great episodes on the Xbox this week. Definitely go and listen to them. Mine's just gonna be kind of like a rambling experience of what my experience is with the Xbox and why the Xbox is super important in gaming history. So you have Microsoft burst onto the scene and they immediately start to shift the industry towards hard drive based consoles. And they are really the first ones to take full advantage of playing games online. You know, they launched their Xbox Live service a year after the console came out. 
And then that kind of took off with Halo 2. And all of a sudden it was like, wow, you can play games with your friends online anywhere in the world, like on your living room TV. That's that's absolutely nuts. I remember when I first heard that, I was like, oh, that's crazy. And I didn't really start playing games online until 2006 when with the advent of the Xbox 360. And then when Halo 3 came out after that. So it's crazy to see that. Even though the Xbox has kind of always been looked on as like the inferior console. You know, especially with the the success of PlayStation 2, you know, they they did really well against PlayStation 3 because obvious missteps there and Xbox 360 was just a really, really good console with great games on it and the Xbox Live Arcade, which really helped it. Obviously, missteps with the Xbox One launch and the terrible naming convention put them at a significant disadvantage against PS4. You know, Microsoft was going for like a all-in-one entertainment box type of system with the Kinect and with it connecting to your TV and all this other stuff. Whereas Sony and the PlayStation 4 really put a lot of emphasis into games. And that's why towards the middle and the end of the PS4 lifecycle, you started getting these ridiculously incredible exclusives. Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, you know, all, all the games like that. Last of Us, the Uncharted series. That's what Sony put into its generation against Microsoft's Xbox One. It, it took Xbox a while to catch up. They really felt the effect of that. But Microsoft has been pushing the gaming industry and influencing it in a way that I don't think a lot of people appreciate because Microsoft as a company is an absolute juggernaut when it comes to making money. They say between like 80 and 90% of the companies in the world like are run basically Windows and Microsoft computers. And that's an insane statistic to think about because there are tons of businesses that make a ton of insane money and all of them are using windows all of them are using office so microsoft is going to like always perpetually have this current stream of money that they can throw at other things because you know you just got to make office a little bit better and make windows a little bit better and 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 work on your servers and that kind of stuff they're always going to have those cash cows making continual money because it's not going to be like an overnight thing where all the computers on earth are going to shift away from Microsoft and from Windows. That, that's never going to happen. But we even see this happening now with Xbox and their shift away from being identified as like just a console and their big push to like rebrand as Xbox Game Pass. You know, cloud gaming has always been this thing that's been talked about kind of in theory for a long time since like the mid 2010s when cloud computing started to become really relevant and this cloud gaming experience is always like oh well what if the game is run on a server and you just stream it to your tv and this especially started talking about with the advent of netflix is like well how can we do what netflix is doing by just streaming shows into people's houses but with video games where you don't even have to own a console or own the physical game and that's really what Xbox is doing with the Xbox Game Pass. And it's at this juncture, too, we see the technology shift where other people can break into the industry. The technology is shifting towards cloud gaming. So companies that have cloud systems set up can theoretically do this sort of thing. So this enter your Amazon, enter your Google with their service where you can just stream games. Luna, the big thing about Amazon's Luna is you're supposed to be able to just stream games to your TV from its service, like a Netflix show. And same thing with Stadia, although I know there's like a Stadia box or like a Stadia app or whatever you can get. But Xbox and Microsoft are on the forefront of it. 
Game Pass is doing incredibly well. It has something like 20 million people signed up for it, which is, again, just another revenue stream that Microsoft can just throw money at and, and get that to work. They're buying up studios like crazy because we're in the age of content, right? Consoles are no longer king. Content is king. Content and cloud is king. And that's where Microsoft is going. And it's really starting to pay off for them. I mean, they've been working on this strategy for three, four, five years since, you know, the, the dark ages of the Xbox One. And it's really starting to pay off for them. I mean, just look at the juggernaut that Game Pass has become. And look at the two incredible launches that they've had the past couple of weeks. Forza Horizon 5 is was critically acclaimed as one of the best games of the year. And it got great reception. And now... All of a sudden, during their 20th anniversary event, they dropped the re- they released the Halo multiplayer. Although it's in beta, they released the Halo multiplayer, and that has just been getting incredible reviews as well. So it seems like Microsoft finally, 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 after the devastating setback that was the one, finally has a a, a winning hand here. And it'll be interesting. Not that I'm stoking the console wars here. It'll be interesting to see how Sony responds because all of Sony's money is in their premium like first party triple a titles that they're developing that's where sony's money is at and microsoft has invested heavily in this xbox game pass style of business model that you know they're hoping one day with their cloud services you won't even need an xbox in your house you can just have a tv with an xbox app on it and just play the games from there so microsoft has always pushed the forefront of gaming it might not always seem that way But when you look back at everything that's happened in the last 20 years, you really start to see it and you really start to feel it, especially with how popular PC gaming has become as well. And they've leveraged Xbox into their PC gaming environment with the Xbox app on computers and Game Pass for PC. So these games can be played anywhere that Xbox is available. It's it's truly an incredible thing when you think about it. And it's definitely not to discount what Sony and PlayStation have done either. Sony, obviously, all three of the big three, Sony, PlayStation, Microsoft, the Xbox, and Nintendo with whatever it is Nintendo does at the time, have a really, 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 really important place in the story of gaming. You, you, can never, you can't discount anything that any of those guys have done, albeit how shady or questionable sometimes, because... Ultimately, the competition and the combined effort of all of those three with the amazing talent of the developers that have come along the way have really pushed gaming into what it is today. And you can't tell the story of gaming without any of those consoles. It's really impossible. So let's talk about the insane reveal of the 20th anniversary event where they shadow dropped the Halo Infinite multiplayer beta And they're like, hey, you can download it and go play right now. That was insane. But in a way, it makes sense. And it was never going to happen any other way, right? 20 years of Xbox, you're not going to not celebrate with Halo. Halo and Xbox are synonymous. You could argue, you could make a very strong argument that if it wasn't for Halo, Xbox might have not made it. Or Xbox would look very different than what it is today. Halo was the killer app. They always talk about your consoles having killer apps. And PlayStation 4 and PS5 certainly have killer apps on them. Halo was the killer app. It, when it came out, 
it blew everybody away. It was before the age of modern warfare, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. It was before your Fortnite. It was before all these giant games. Really, the only thing that had that kind of popularity in that space at the time was Counter-Strike. And this game just took the world by storm. It really helped the Xbox. It, it was probably the number one thing that sold Xboxes into people's homes. You can argue that Halo is the most important game that Microsoft has. So everything that's going on with it, with 3-4 Industries, you know, with Halo 4 and 5, they needed Halo Infinite to be huge. They absolutely needed it to be. And they gave 343 the time they needed. They said, we're going to, they, they couldn't, after everything that's happened, they couldn't back off of Halo. They, they just can't. You need Halo on Xbox. That's the only, that, that's, you can't not have it. So they gave 343 the time to fix the missteps from the Craig reveal, to fine tune the multiplayer, to work on this game, to get it in the best state possible. And I think it's really going to pay off because from what I've played of the multiplayer beta so far it's a lot of fun there are things that are wrong with it of course that need to be fixed but it's a lot of fun it feels like halo it feels like halo in a way that hasn't felt like halo in a long time halo 4 and 5 don't feel like halo the last halo that bungie worked on halo reach feels like halo and i can't really begin to describe what that means But you just know, you know, if you've spent any amount of time playing any of the previous titles, you know what that feels like. It's great gunplay. It's fun and chaotic action. It's super fun guns. It's fun vehicles. It's fun game modes. It's absolute chaos in the middle of the map. It's Halo moments of sticking dudes and getting three, four, getting kill taculars. That's what Halo is. And Halo Infinite, from what I've experienced of it, has these awesome moments in it. That's desperately what Microsoft needed it to have. <laughs> it it needed to be Halo again. Fun fact, or fun challenge if you're listening to this episode. Take a shot every time I say Halo and see what happens to you. Uh, don't do that. I'm not responsible for what happens to you if anything bad happens to you, so please don't do that. And this game looks really well positioned right now. Look at the reception that Call of Duty Vanguard and Battlefield 2042 have gotten really not that great. Really not that great. Vanguard has not gotten good reviews. 2042 has not gotten good reviews, at least the people that are playing it in early access right now. It just seems like and Halo finds itself all of a sudden positioned to be the blockbuster game of the holiday. It's really amazing. We don't have an Assassin's Creed this year. We don't have any of the other big blockbuster titles this year. You had Call of Duty. You have Battlefield. And those games don't look too good right now. And the buzz around Halo is incredibly positive right now. Microsoft has to be salivating. Salivating. They've made all the right moves. They gave 343 the time. Their timing has been impeccable. And the campaign's releasing in December 8th, along with the full multiplayer. They're already making tweaks to the things that people are complaining about. The one complaint I have about Halo and the multiplayer is the battle pass and the progression system. And this is everybody's complaint. It's too slow. There's no... So the way you level up the battle pass is you complete challenges. And every time you complete challenges, you get more to gain experience and level up the battle pass. That's fine. I'm all for like completing challenges to level something up. But that is the only way you level up the battle pass. That is the only way you can make any sort of progression is through completing these challenges. 
you don't get anything for winning or losing or performing well or playing the objective. You don't get anything for that. It's a very strange decision because doing the system that way kind of de-incentivizes playing the game the way it's supposed to be played. So instead of playing team-based objective games, you know, you're just playing the challenge game. You're not going to capture the zones or playing oddball or whatever the objective-based game is. You're camping by a weapon spawn point to get that weapon to complete your challenges or you're trying to just drive around and run over people if that's your challenges or or whatever it is you're trying to do you're not trying to play the actual game because you're not incentivized to what's the point of winning if you don't get anything but if you can complete challenges that match has then been successful i think that really needs to change because that's going to make people like me very frustrated having been in the overwatch trenches for so long you know you get flamed for not playing the objective. People yell at you. You're, you're supposed to play the objective and play the game the way it's meant to be played. Because you're incentivized to and you're rewarded to. You level up faster. You get loot boxes. You, you know, your stats look good. Overwatch has a system where every three games that you win, or every three like Mystery Heroes match or whatever it is, you get a loot box. So it incentivizes playing together and winning because you want to get your loot boxes. So I think... Infinite definitely needs a system like that. It needs to incentivize winning and playing well and playing the game that actually is meant the way it's meant to be played. I don't know what that looks like. The people at 343 will figure it out. Microsoft will not allow them to have this problem hang over and persist because that's not going to be the way to retain a good player base. So that problem will be fixed. I'm, I'm, they already said they're looking at it. They're already going to be implementing changes as early as this week or next week they've already said that but that's the main problem right now connection issues haven't had any connection issues which is really surprising considering you shadow dropped and this isn't this isn't like the way nintendo drops shadow shadow drops games right nintendo will just drop like random games every once in a while that like some people care about they'll be like oh it's like you know waifu rpg 34 and they're like oh it's out now you know and some people will go download that. That's fine, whatever. On Steam, there was over 170,000 concurrent players on this game when it launched. And the servers didn't crash, really. I mean, I've been disconnected from a game or two, but it's nothing that's been super egregious. The servers seem to have held pretty well, and they were ready for this. They, they were ready, and that's really impressive. Because anytime you hear of games launching like this, there's always myriads of problems with it. I mean, just freaking... I don't know. It does, you just hear horror stories about that all the time. This <laughs> is games launch and there's problems. So this is a relatively clean launch and a relatively clean W for, for Microsoft and for Xbox. And they, they sure freaking needed it to be. They needed Halo to be Halo again. And that's exactly what it is. The jarring thing for me about this game, having played all the previous Halos, is to see it finally succumb to the games as a service model. And I think this was inevitable because, and this might have led to some of the the reasons why Halo Infinite was stuck so long in development, and I, I'm just speculating on this, but around the mid-2015s and 2016 and 2017 and with the arrival of Fortnite and with the continued success of GTA V, the formula for gaming success shifted, Right? GTA 5 showed you don't have to pump out a new game every year. You can sustain 
the same game if it's popular with updated content and you will still make money. Fortnite showed that you can have the same game out and the same game modes and do like special events live as the as the game goes on and have different seasons and different content and all this other stuff and be successful. And that was the winning formula right there. As soon as people figured out you didn't have to make a new game every year and you could make money doing something that's less labor intensive by just tweaking your game every so often, that became the formula. And although I fully expected it, it's still kind of jarring to see Halo in this model of game. And really, Halo was the last thing to do this, right? Of the big games that I can think of, you know, of your Call of Duties, of your Battlefields, of your Assassin's Creed's, or Ubisoft changed your whole business. They saw that this was working and said, fuck it, all of our games are going to be live service. Assassin's Creed is going to be live service. We're going to put out like four different like multiplayer shooter battle royale live service things. Ubisoft just threw the whole entire sink and was just like, we're doing this now. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, which, you know, that's what they always do. They find, see something successful and they just p- put all their resources towards it. But I just feel like Halo making the transition was the nail in the coffin, right? We're in the games as a service era now. And... Halo needed to take its chunk of the pie. And the problem with this is, this is a whole different subject. The more games as a service come out, the more people are going to be split along what games they're playing, right? If you're putting out a game as a service, you better be damn well sure that you can sustain a player base. Because the big boys have the player bases. Call of Duty, Fortnite, now Halo's out. Apex Legends. People are playing these games. There's only room for so many big AAA games as a service. There's only so many people that play video games. And some people don't want to be chained down to a single game asking you to keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back. Here's new stuff. Uh, Me especially. I I don't have time for that. So for me to play a game as a service, it's really got to grab my attention. And I think just with how bad Battlefield and Call of Duty did, this is a W for Microsoft and they're well on their way to, to claiming that piece of the pie. And I think they see that and I think they know what they have to do. They got to fix the battle pass. They got to fix like the progression things, like fix some of the cosmetics and offer more customization. You need legacy game modes. So you need to put like your Griff Ball, Team SWAT, Shoddy Snipes. Like you need to put the legacy game modes in there that, that it's not Halo without those. And you got to offer legacy maps. You know, the new maps are great. They're very well designed. But I found myself missing, you know, Valhalla, Blood Gulch, Lockdown, Zanzibar, uh, Sand Trap, which is the big sand one. You know, the, the classic Halo game maps that everybody knows and loves. And I think you need to put those in there. I think when you do, combined with all the other stuff, with the seasonal content, with the fact that you can complete any battle pass anytime you want, it doesn't go away. So there's not that fear of missing out. People can always come back to it. That's a really strong game as a service. And as much as I am hesitant to praise games as a service because I think it's can be a little predatory with not the best intentions, that's a really strong one. That's a really strong one. So yeah, big W's. Big W's for Xbox on the 20th anniversary. Big W's for Microsoft. Big W's from the team uh, at 343 because they needed that. They were under a lot of scrutiny after Halo 5. The campaign Craig reveal of the of the smooth, weird-ass-looking cave troll brute <laughs> named Craig. 
they were under a lot of pressure. And kudos to Microsoft for sticking with them. Like, you know, things weren't looking good. And there was a lot of question marks and a lot of negative press around this game and around 343. And Microsoft stepped in and said, here's the time. Here's the resources. And we trust in you to deliver. And I can't imagine what that must feel like working at a business like that where, you know, your parent company or whoever's up in charge of you is like, hey, I know time has been tough. You know, I, I know some things have happened. Let's, you know, let's buckle down and let's fix this. Let's take the time to fix it. We're going to delay the game. It might not be good press coverage, but we're going to delay it and we're going to give the game the time it needs. I know that not everybody has that luxury, but sometimes that's what you got to do. I think everybody's terrified of the cyberpunk situation right now because look what they did. They delayed it. They delayed it. They delayed it. Cyberpunk 2077 was the, the story of just constant delays and that game launched and it wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. And I don't know if that game will ever recover to a point where it's like, I, I know it's better now, but I don't know if that game will ever recover from that. I don't think it will. <laughs> I don't think it will. This isn't a no man's sky situation. It's, that game was devastatingly broke at launch. There were serious problems. It was not ready. CD Projekt Red gave in and launched the game despite warnings from several people that it was not ready. And Microsoft learned from that lesson. 343 learned from that lesson. They didn't rush it out the door because if that happened to arguably your most important franchise, that's, that's it. That's the death bell for that. Halo is important in the hearts and minds of people that are my age. <laughs> like people know it. You you can't you you they would have been a, done a disservice to themselves to push that game out the door. And I'm really glad that they didn't because one of the things that I noticed playing with my friends the other night, friends that I haven't played with in years, and it's something that I can't believe I am saying, but I was having fun playing a video game. I was having fun playing a video game. It felt like I was 12 again. It felt like I was in my basement at my parents' house in high school, I guess I wouldn't be 12, I guess I'd be like 14 or 15, just, you know, coming home after doing my homework and jumping on Xbox Live with the boys and just having a good time. And I forgot about life for a little while. I'm, you know, under a lot of stress with the wedding and work and, and just generally how life is being an adult and, and adjusting to that kind of lifestyle. And for just an hour or two, I was just able to forget and have fun. And that was the biggest thing that stuck with me is it was fun. And it made me forget for a little while. If you haven't picked up or checked out Halo Infinite, if you're not a fan, I can understand that. I would just log in and check it out for yourself. Highly recommend. I think it's one of the best things to happen this year for sure. Considering the game of the year lineup from the Game Awards, which is kind of suspect, but that might be a, a separate episode. <laughs> I would go check out Halo and and you might think that I am an Xbox fanboy even though I don't talk about it that much I tend to be more of a Nintendo shill on this show Xbox holds a very special place in my heart after the PS2 I got an Xbox 360 because that's what most of my friends got and I spent hundreds and thousands of hours playing games on the Xbox with my friends and those are some to, to this day some of my best memories and that, that's really what it should be all about, right? It should be the people we play with and the memories that we have of the games that we play and the people that we play with. And for me, that's just, that's always been Xbox. Even in the middle of the whole Xbox One 
fiasco I still played on Xbox with my friends. And I think just Xbox will always have that kind of image in my mind of being that console, of being the place where me and my friends had these great memories and these great experiences. And I was bummed for a while to see just how much they were just getting shit on, for lack of a better term, because of the missteps they took with the Xbox One. And to their credit, they listened and they put the money in and they put the time and the resources into making things right. And they've positioned themselves very well for the future, I think. It took a lot of hard work to get to this point. Phil Spencer asked the CEO of Microsoft to go all in on gaming, and she she didn't have to. After the losses and the bad press they were getting, she could have said, you know, no, we're going to keep supporting it the way we are. But they went all in. It's been well noted since the Epic vs. Apple trial that Microsoft has rarely made a profit on the selling of Xbox hardware. They they don't. They haven't. They've It's been sold break-even or at a loss to, to kind of compete with what everybody else is doing. But they've been able to sustain that because it's Microsoft. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm genuinely happy for them, even though it goes against every fiber of my being because it's like, why should you be happy for a corporation because they have no interest in you and they're not your allies? It, it's good to see that xbox is back in the picture and that they're having a great year and that's all i have to say about that gonna be a bit of a shorter episode this time guys because i ranted earlier about activision thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed me stumbling over my words for 30 minutes about my love for halo and xbox and why it's so special to me if you want to talk to me more about it you can find me on twitter at the one true sire or at pod sidequests you can email me, sidequestingpodcast at gmail.com. I also on Instagram, sidequestingpodcast. I believe that's just the handle, sidequestingpodcast. Find us on Good Pods. Good Pods is an awesome new app for podcasters where you can go, you can find new shows, you can interact with podcast hosts, you can rate individual episodes, you can form groups of people and meet great new friends. We are part of the QTB Pod Arcade group on Good Pods. It's the largest gaming podcaster group on the app stop in and say hi look us up it's a really great community there's a lot of really great podcasters there are a lot of awesome people that i've become friends with i would highly recommend going to check out their shows but thank you guys so much for listening and allowing me to just talk about something i love after talking about something that i hate <laughs> the previous snippet go play halo hit me up i'll play some rounds with you Uh, weekend's coming up i'll I'll play some rounds with you absolutely not that good it's been a long time since i've played a competitive shooter but i'll play with you as always thank you so much for tuning in my name is eric you've been listening to the side questing podcast